Welcome to It's a Question of Balance with Ruth Copland. Featuring stimulating in-depth interviews with special guests from all areas of the arts. And now, here's your host for It's a Question of Balance, Ruth Copland. Welcome to the show where we balance the intellectual with the creative and explore whether we have more in common than divides us through thought-provoking conversations. For the topic hour, I go out and about and talk to people on the street about a wide variety of different subjects that affect everybody, both locally and globally. And for this, the Arts Hour, I feature in-depth interviews with local, national and international guests from all areas of the arts. And I combine a debate topic with an arts interview in the show because I feel discussion and creativity are two of the most vital ways we engage with the world. Well, this week, my special guests from the arts are the stars of the new film Princess of the Row, actor and producer Eddie Gathegi and actress Taylor Buck. Eddie Gathegi is known for X-Men First Class, Gone Baby Gone and Criminal Activities, amongst other things. And Taylor is known for Annabelle Creation, The People vs. OJ, Key and Peel, and CSI New York. I spoke to them at the Cinequest Film Festival in Silicon Valley to talk to them and attend their film, Princess of the Row, which had its world premiere at Cinequest. The film is a poignant, dramatic and ultimately uplifting story. A creative 12-year-old foster girl bounces around the sometimes abusive foster care system for most of her life and ditches school to visit her military veteran father who's homeless on the streets of LA's Skid Row. He's unfortunately mentally ill after suffering a battle-induced brain injury during his service in the Iraq War. The injury renders him unable to recognise his own daughter most of the time. But to Alicia, it doesn't matter because she loves him and remembers the father he used to be, a caring man with a love of storytelling. Alicia has inherited her father's creativity and wants to be a writer when she grows up, spending her time writing fantasy tales about a princess on a quest. Alicia's social worker recognises her gift and decides to place her in the perfect home with an award-winning author played by Martin Sheen and his wife played by Jenny Gago. As their lovely home is 10 hours from LA, Alicia is fearful though of never seeing her father again and decides to escape the city with him. Once on the run, Alicia must cope with her father's severe PTSD breakdowns, outwit social service workers who are looking for her and overcome the worst kind of thugs on the streets of LA, all to make her one dream a reality to live with her father as a family. Princess of the Row deals with difficult subjects, but is compelling and life-affirming, exploring our humanity. It's beautifully shot as well. I really enjoyed it. I'd like to play you a clip from the film. It's a scene between the homeless, mentally ill veteran father and his daughter, whom he calls Princess. And these are played by my guests, Eddie Gathegi and Taylor Buck. And Princess has found a broken down car in a scrapyard for them to sleep in and they settle down for the night. You used to read to me at that time. Now I'll read to you. This is something I just wrote. Change was blowing in like a summer storm. 
time to take the unicorn away. Away from this purgatory. For a girl her age, the princess plan was very clever. Using a painter's brush on her unicorn. She'd create a new painted pony. As a gift to her neighbors. Painted ponies. Just like in a merry-go-round. I used to work in a merry-go-round in the back of the zoo. Do you know who I am? You're my princess. I love it when you come back to me. We just had to get you off a of skid row. Dad, one day, I'm gonna take you out of this place for good. And then you'll get better. No more crazy stuff. I like that dream. That's a good dream. We stick together. You and me. No man left behind. That's what you taught me, right? That was a clip from the film Princess of the Row. And the father and daughter that you heard there are played by my guests, the talented actors, Eddie Gathegi and Taylor Buck. Let's hear some of my conversation with them at Cinequest. I'm here at Cinequest with uh, Taylor Buck and Eddie Gathegi. Did That's I right. say that right? Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're here with uh, uh, their film Princess of the Row, which has its world premiere thank you very much for agreeing to being interviewed for its question of balance your lives are embedded in your artistic work i'm wondering if you can remember your first experience of art of any kind whether it was a film play book picture song where you first felt how art can touch us on a deep level as well as entertain us i don't know i've been doing acting the performing arts since i was like four years old so very young, I started because my sister was doing it, and I've just grown to love it. Like, if you know me, you know I don't do anything I don't want to do. Like, if I don't like it, then I'm not going to pursue it. So for me to stick to this, um, I don't know exactly when I started to be like, oh, yeah, you know, I really have great appreciation for this. I feel like I yeah. always have. Well, when you start at such a young age, being in an artistic environment, then... I imagine it's sort of weaved into your personal experience as well. So what you're feeling and what, and what you're performing, are, you know, um, you're experiencing what I asked you just through your work at that oh, point. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and it comes through especially, uh, like, when I'm doing acting or performing arts, um, I use sort of my emotion from my regular life and then try to put that into characters to kind of make us connect, I feel like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Eddie? Was there a moment you can think of when you were kind of affected by, by something in a way that was beyond just, you know, entertainment? Well, I think um, the beauty of art, and I think what um, a lot of people might not um, acknowledge who think of art as this thing is that it's everywhere. 
and it's just a fundamental part of mm. being alive. Art, art is everywhere you look. It's, it's in the the furniture that you sit on. Someone designed that, mm. um, and as I guess because of what I ended up doing with my life, I've always been interested in that. Mm. So um, I can't pinpoint the exact moment, mm. but I know that I've always appreciated going to museums as a child when mm. you would do school field trips. Um, art was always fascinating to me. Um, going to, I think we went to the Nutcracker when I was young, and I quite didn't, I didn't understand what, what I was watching, but mm. I, I remember liking it. And to segue into me becoming an actor, it wasn't until I was 21 and I took an improv class where I realized that this is how naive I was, that the thing that I watched on television was something that was a profession Mm. that you had to have a talent and a craft to be able to do. Mm. So that began my journey when I took that first improv class. Right. Interesting. And did you grow up in a creative environment, would you say? Or did you really find that those arts for yourself? Yeah, my, my environment wasn't terribly creative. My father was a professor um, in the Bay, mm. uh, and he got five degrees from Berkeley. Wow. So for me, like art was the last thing. So it was more of academic focus. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he ended up getting a law degree, became a lawyer, so I thought maybe that would be my path. Yeah. Um, but it was surprising when I told him that I did want to be an artist, he confessed that he had written a play when he was in, when, in oh, high wow. school. <laughs> and, and he showed it to one person. They didn't like it, and he burned it. Oh, yeah. no. That's too bad. But he's, he's he could a, rewrite it now. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But he's a, he's a huge support system uh, for, for me and my artistic uh, you know, endeavors. Yeah. Yeah. So can I also add, yeah. like, I've always been interested in the arts. Like, I've tried it all, you know, acting, singing, dancing, um, all of that. But I feel like acting is the way to go for me to express myself. I feel mm. like I can really express myself through acting more than I can with any other sort of performing art, even though I have great appreciation for all of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's interesting. So as I mentioned, you're, you're here at CineQuest for the world premiere of Princess of the Row, which you star in and also produce, Eddie. What attracted you to this project, this story, both as an actor and as a producer? Um, we, I think it's, it's almost very simple. Um, there's a homeless issue uh, in, in Los Angeles and mm. in many uh, cities. And, um, and just the idea that we walk by these people um all the time and we don't take a second to acknowledge their humanity Mm. um unless you make that concerted effort and people do but a lot of people don't so for me i was i was really interested in being a part of a project that furthers that conversation that puts that issue front and center and could hopefully become part of public discourse in in a new way or or in a continued way yeah can you tell us a, a bit about the character that you play yeah, I play uh, a man named Bo who um, suffers from PTSD and a trauma- combined with a traumatic brain injury from the Iraq war. And he, he left, came back a hero, but damaged. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then his life fell apart, and he ended up on Skid Row. And the movie really is about his daughter, which is played by Taylor Buck, who does an incredible job mm-hmm. in this yeah. part. She's sensation <laughs> and uh and she uh she just wants to be with him mm. and so it's 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 sort of like a love story father daughter uh, uh about fighting for love 
I'm wondering what your process is for embodying a character and, and if it's different for every role that you, you take on. I mean, obviously, this is a character that is challenging, I would say, in, in, in many different ways, especially because of the, the traumatic brain injuries. How did you approach this character? What I learned about um, the more characters that I have the opportunity to play, um, the more I realized that every process is different. Um, mm. You can't approach each role the same way. Um, and this was a role where I just knew research was going to be key, um, getting into Skid Row and talking with individuals who were going through this, talking to veterans who were going through this, doing research on brain injuries and schizophrenia and even Alzheimer's and dementia. Just I, mm-hmm. went, I went deep in the research. And then in terms of this character, um, because of the complexity of what he's dealing with, um, having no facility to con- connect with his own daughter, but knowing who she is, mm. um, it's so complex that I found myself not being able to go in and out of it. So the only way that I could play this part was by staying in character from like the beginning of the day till the end of the day. Uh, so I guess this is the first or one of the first times that I've ever just done like a method type of, right. they call method acting. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, at which I was made fun of because I couldn't understand how an actor yeah. could go to the craft service table with their like British accent when they're an American and right, or just yeah. you know playing the part. It just seemed phony to me. But now I understand that however gets however you can get to a place of mm. being the most authentic, mm. uh, that is that is your process. Yes, yeah. And Taylor, what what were your first thoughts when you were offered the role of Alicia, the princess of the film's title? I was so excited. I mean, I had gone out on the audition. I did the callback where we had acted out a few scenes on camera. Um, Yeah, and I automatically loved Alicia, and I loved the script. I was so excited when I heard that I got the role. Um, And, you know, Alicia's very strong-minded, and she's also compassionate, and so I connect with her on that. Um, Yeah. She has an extremely challenging life how did you go about preparing for the role and and was there support from the you know the the other cast members that the director you know how did that process go oh it was amazing um so much support from the cast and the director and the producer of course I actually went over to the director's house for a couple of weekends um prior to filming to Mm. prepare for Alicia's role and try to get into that mindset of Alicia and it was super easy for me to find the connection with um, Eddie because he stayed in character the whole time. And so I automatically just felt how Alicia would, you know, and yeah, yeah. The need to protect him was real. Right, yes. Yeah. Right, yeah. Well, it certainly comes across in, in the film. I mean, the relationship between the two of you is very, very powerful, very affecting. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, no, it really, really is. Um, I wanted to uh, quote Malcolm X. He said, we need more light about each other. Light creates understanding. Understanding creates love. Love creates patience. And patience creates unity. One of the themes of the film is the other, how it's so easy to dehumanize and judge people. Um, I'm wondering what you hope the audience will see from your character, Eddie. 
Well, one of the um, questions that keeps coming up for us is, um, do we have any solutions for the mm. for the homeless problem? Um, and it, it's it's very 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 complex. I mean, I don't think anybody has one solution. Um, otherwise, it wouldn't be a problem. Right. Yeah. Um, but hopefully, our movie—I mean, this is best case scenario—that we're sparking someone's mind who wants to get involved in coming up with that solution. Yeah. Um, and if someone could watch our movie and be changed mm-hmm. and walk down the street and take a second to have compassion for that person, mm. understand that there's a story behind them, that there's a history you know, to their life, that they were born on this planet to parents. They had love at some point, hopefully, mm. um, and they deserve love now. Um, that's, that's my best hope for this film, is to just open up the hearts of the people who, who otherwise might not be there yet. Yeah, yeah. You're listening to It's a Question of Balance with me, Ruth Copland, and my special guests, actors Eddie Gathegi and Taylor Buck from the film Princess of the Row, which is co-written by Sean Austin and Max Carlson and directed by Max Carlson. It tells the inspiring tale of a runaway foster child who will stop at nothing to live with the only family she knows, her father, a homeless, mentally ill war veteran who lives on the streets of LA's Skid Row. Eddie Gafegi and Taylor Buck play the father and daughter in the film and are part of a hugely talented cast, which also includes the iconic actor Martin Sheen, Jacob Vargas and Anna Ortiz. You can follow the film on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter using the handle at Princess of the Row Movie. We're going to a break now, but I'll be back with more conversation after these messages. Buongiorno, we are Luca and Giovanni from Bellagio. We bring to Pleasure Point Santa Cruz the first authentic Italian gelato and the traditional panini. Using family recipes from the old world, we offer the real taste of Italy. We use organic and locally sourced ingredients to create a healthy and delicious treat that will put a smile on your face. Gourmet panini, the real Italian gelato, fresh juices and more just a block from the ocean. Come and visit us. You will feel like you are in Italia. Visit Bellagio at 743 41st Avenue in Santa Cruz. That's 743 41st Avenue. And follow Bellagio Santa Cruz on Instagram. like the music from It's a Question of Balance with Ruth Copland? Have you ever wondered what the full songs sound like? Now you can find out by listening to the new EP, It's a Question of Balance Music, available from iTunes, Amazon, and It's a Question of Balance.com. Just goes nowhere. It's a well. 
It's a question of balanced music. Download individual tracks or the whole EP from iTunes, Amazon, or it's a question of balance.com. Welcome back. You're listening to It's a Question of Balance with me, Ruth Copland. And if you just joined us, my special guests this week are actors Eddie Gafegi and Taylor Buck, who star as a father and daughter in the compelling film Princess of the Row, which tells the poignant and uplifting tale of a runaway foster child who'll stop at nothing to live with the only family she knows, her father, a homeless, mentally ill war veteran who lives on the streets of L.A.'s Skid Row. The film is co-written by Sean Austin and Max Carlson and directed by Max Carlson. And if you check out the podcasts on my website, it's a question of balance.com, you can also hear a great interview with Sean Austin and Max Carlson. But this week I'm talking to the stars of the film, Eddie Gafegi and Taylor Buck. Let's hear some more of our conversation now at Cinequest Film Festival. Another theme of the film is family, how it's given to us through our relatives, through blood, but also potentially created by us through other relationships. Was this exploration of the meaning of connection and family something that attracted you to the film as well? What, repeat that question. Well, what I found interesting was this <coughs> sense... I mean, obviously, you have the central relationship between the two of you that is about blood. It's about a daughter wanting to be with her father and needing that. And yet you also have other relationships in the film where you have the um, counsellor, social worker character who's very empathetic with you. You have the foster family. You have these opportunities of um, making those kind of deep connections outside of a a, a sort of Mm blood-related relationship. So I was just wondering whether that was something you were kind of conscious of um, obviously, the central relationship is very powerful, but for me, watching the film, I was also very inspired by connection and love in many forms, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think that was uh, deliberate um, at the script stage with, with Max and Sean when they, when they realized that... Because I think they, they both came to the table um, wanting to achieve different things, and they uh, mm. combined them. You know, Sean mm. wanted to do a story about family because you know, because uh, of his family. And Max was really interested in doing a skid, story, a skid Row story because of where, you know, he grew up. Um, and I think that the story of the family uh, is one element, and, and the, st- the, the stories that branch off are mm-hmm. things that Max um, wanted to explore. So I think, it was, I think it was designed that way, and that gave a great opportunity to explore all these different issues within yeah. the same world. Yeah, I mean, I think it all it all hangs together beautifully. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like they're sort of tributaries or anything. It, it, to me, as a viewer of the film, it, it all is one, you know, sort of very affecting whole. The film has a, a wonderful cast. What was it like working with such a talented group of people, Taylor? Including, I mean, you're talented. We'll ask Eddie. Can, oh, thank you. He can include you in that in a minute. But from your perspective, you know... Um, um, it was so much fun. I mean, working with this cast was amazing, of course, and working with big actors like Martin Sheen and Eddie, um, I never felt intimidated or lesser than. I always felt included and part of the group. So much fun. Um, I mean, obviously, Eddie was in character, but... 
Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. That was. And that was difficult. Yeah, it was interesting <laughs> yeah. because I had never done something like that where well, someone else was in character all the yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I imagine that. Yeah, because I. I guess normally on breaks you'd be kind of sitting and chatting Listen, or something. Listen, she's the loveliest girl in the world. I would I would love to just connect all the time and just hang yeah. out. But you know, it wasn't it wasn't going to help me get to where I needed to get to to be able to play bow and then give yeah. her something to be able to play off of. Yes, yeah. But in some ways, I imagine that that must have been helpful for you too because with Eddie always being out of your reach and, and not there for you in that way, it must have perhaps helped you from a method acting point of view to feel that sense of the gulf between you and your father character. No, yeah, that was very helpful. Um, it especially gave a sort of realness. Mm. So, like, instead of thinking, hmm, what would Alicia do? I kind of felt like I knew. Like, I was Alicia, I know, because... Well, it must have almost yeah. thrown you into being in, in Alicia's character exactly. more as yeah. well. Exactly, yeah, so it helped yeah. so much. Yeah. The film, a lot of the film is, is filmed on Skid Row. What was that like? Um, it was so interesting. I mean, I, I was born in Florida. I lived in Burbank most of my life. I had never really been out to Skid Row, maybe like a couple of times. Yeah. Um, but it was so interesting and so eye-opening to... Uh, kind of get in their shoes and to feel what it would be like to actually live the way that they're living. And obviously, mm. I don't know to the full extent, but um, it was very eye-opening yeah. and super interesting to learn about and kind of get a feel for. Yeah. Eddie, there are actual homeless people and real veterans in the film. I'm mm. wondering how it was working with that blending of reality and fiction? Well, it was necessary. You know, we, we, we felt that it was our duty to, um, to have the people represented, that, mm. we were, that whose story we, we were telling. Mm. So we have the agency to e even uh, tell the story. So uh, Gerald Hall, who's in our film, he was our sort of am our Skid Row ambassador. Mm -hmm. he, he took us around and introduced us to people. In fact, he was um, sort of instrumental in my earlier research uh, uh, introducing me to the people that were the most helpful. Um, and I mean, we couldn't, we really couldn't have done it without Gerald, um, getting in there and, you know, um, creating the path for us to, mm. to shoot on Skid Row and to, you know, um, interact there. Um, and there's a veteran named Lawrence Pinto mm. who, who's actually in the film. Um, and, I mean, one of the things that breaks my heart the most is that we had to cut his part down because of the flow of the right. film. But on yeah. the day, I remember, because I was in character, at the end of the day, I went to, the, um, to Sean and said, uh, that guy's great. You know, I think, I mean, I think people are going to remember his performance because mm. he, he just told this story of his real experience. Is he the one in the waiting room? Yeah. yeah right. He told the story. And on the day, you know, everybody was just silent because of how powerful the story it was, a real story yeah. of him in the war, yeah. ended up getting cut. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was it was special to have um, all of this real um, these real circumstances in our in our film. Mm. I um, I interviewed Emilio Estevez recently about his new film, um, The Public, and I was asking him about um, how I think that the most powerful art is 
personal art and what did he think about that? And he quoted his father, Martin Sheen, who came into the room at the time we were having the interview. And apparently Martin says um, that art must be personal because if it's not personal, it's impersonal. And if it's impersonal, who cares? Mm. And um, I, I agree more. That, I thought that was just so powerful, yeah. So when you think about the Princess of the Row, I'm wondering from a, that personal stance, you know, what themes stand out for you with this? <laughs> I mean, it has to be personal. You know, you have to feel that real connection because otherwise it's not going to come across to the crowd as real. Yeah. You know, and you don't want it to feel like a mockery or anything. Right. Right. Yeah. It has to feel real. And I think that's something yeah. that, you know, um, a lot of perhaps the public generalizing don't understand and maybe even even some actors that people think of acting as um pretending but i think right. the deepest form of acting is actually taking on some of that consciousness or at least trying to you know that's what the yeah. work is to try and take on some of that consciousness and use whatever you can personally to um enhance that would, I mean, would I you agree yeah, exactly. i don't think that you can do a uh, I don't think you can do it without doing that. Right. I mean, you have to, yeah. at least from the actor's perspective, number one job is yeah. making it personal because you are the vessel. You are channeling this spirit of the character. Mm. And if you're not willing to make it personal, then it's you, you, you're not doing your job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, unfortunately, clearly some actors don't do that, but I, I do think that that is, yeah. that is the way and, and that's... When you see a film like this and you see a cast across the board just totally creating this reality, I mean, it is really a reality, then you just see how powerful that really is when mm. it's done in that way. Some people think that creating art or experiencing art can be a way of processing trauma and difficult events. I'm wondering whether you see a place in the world for the arts as a healing mechanism at all, both from the point of view of making art, you know, taking part in art yourself, and, and also for people experiencing art? I think some artists use art as a cathartic experience. They, they do use it as some type of therapy, and, um, and may, maybe that does work for them. Um, so that does happen. Uh, but I, I like the idea of um, us showing up to tell the story. Yeah. And then and then leaving it to the audience and how they interpret it. Because an audience is going to interpret a movie a million different ways. Everybody's going to come out mm. feeling affected or not affected or you know, feeling like they've had a revelation. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> dropped papers my papers. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Taylor. <laughs> or maybe they, they didn't have a revelation. Um, but I like the idea that they might be, something might be sparked in them mm. yeah. uh, to, to look at aspects of their lives and, and, yeah. and then maybe... Uh, maybe that project or that piece of art was therapeutic for them. Yes, yeah. I like that. I'm interested in that idea. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any thoughts on, on that? I mean, from your perspective also perhaps of experiencing art, you know, if you see a film or listen to music or see a painting, um, are you aware of that affecting you on, on levels that help you maybe to think about your life differently? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean... Especially with watching movies and listening to music. Yeah. Because I feel like that brings emotion. Right. And it can help yeah. you sort of 
see emotion or feel emotion. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely affects people. Yes, yeah. I mean, I think one of the main things art can do is, if it's functioning well, is create empathy. And, and I think that can lead you in all kinds of directions that are, that are um, interesting. Yeah. The world of acting is highly competitive. It's hard to succeed, and it involves continuous self-promotion. I'm wondering how you keep your sense of your true self in an environment which can be quite distorting for self-perception. Um, and you are from a young age, yeah. too. So. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, it's such a competitive business. I've been told no so many times. Um, but it's something I really want to do. It's something yeah. I enjoy, and I would love to live the rest of my life doing it. And so those no's don't bother me because I know... If I keep going, it's just going to be a yes, you know. And I heard this quote um, that no one is going to hand your dreams to you. Right. And so you have to keep working for them. It's so competitive, but still, yeah. you know, even after all the no's, keep working, you'll get a yes. Yeah. It's funny. I used to say that all the time, too. Yeah. <laughs> I used to say the day that you quit, the next the day next you would have found day, yeah. your success. So yeah. you just can't ever give up. Takes a million no's and it just takes that one yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. To quote Lady Gaga. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think also this this element of with social media, it's become self promotion, but also PR. You know, there's a a kind of possibility of going beyond a point where you start to sort of believe some of your own PR. And I mean, we're seeing an increase in narcissism just in everybody with social media, but obviously, if you have more of a platform that road it could be a bit more you know dangerous in a way are are you aware at all of needing to sort of keep a a difference between your authentic self and and maybe what is projected out i I mean it's a really fascinating question and you ask a hundred actors you're going to get a different answer yes yeah some some fall right into this category that you just described um but i think for me uh the thing that has kept me um sane in mm. this insane, because it's kind of an insane thing. We're playing make pretend, and yeah. you know we're trying to make a living off of it, and we're lucky if we do get yes. to, get yeah. to do the, get to do that. Yeah. Um, but perspective, it's all about perspective, mm. uh, and and that means just checking in um, daily mm. about um, what's going on in the world, uh, how how big your problems really are, mm. how blessed that you are, mm. um, and it always comes back to the basics for me. You know, mm. I'm alive. Yeah. You know, I have my health. Um, I have my family that, mm. that, that we have that love for each other. And until those things don't exist, then everything is okay. You yeah. know, so it's yeah. perspective for me. Yeah. And I pursue this because it's my passion. It's what I want to do. And this is what I think I was put on this earth to do. And yeah. I find joy in it. Yeah. But the, the minute that it does stop giving me um, that joy or start changing me in that way, then I'll have to reexamine yeah. it. I don't think that's going to happen because... I try to keep the perspective. Yeah. I think that that's a, a good observation. I, mean, I think keeping the passion and then you see the promotion as simply a means of, of getting that passion out there rather yeah. than kind of becoming 
becoming that. Is that something you're even thinking about at this point, Taylor, of the sort of public persona and, and how people may treat you differently because of that, um, but you, you want to be sure that you, you, you're keeping a sense of yourself, or is it too early in the game for that? Um, I definitely want to keep humble and keep a sense of myself. I haven't really given much thought to that. I don't, I know a lot of people out there try to go into acting because they want to be famous. Right. They want to be yeah. rich. They want to make a lot of money. Um, I do it because it makes me happy. Yes. Yeah. I don't think there's anything else in the world that I would want to do. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a game of chance, really. Yeah. I also think one other thing on this topic mm. is it's uh, it's not it's how it's how everyone treats the king. It's not actually the king. It's how everybody treats the king. Exactly. It's but, the, it's the but if you don't offense. become aware of that, yeah. then you get sucked into that. Yeah. I think. Yeah. But I mean, I think I think the people who are who are in danger of this kind of like mm. losing themselves and like falling into their own narcissism mm. have surrounded themselves mm. with people who allow that to be the case. Yeah. You know, they they yeah. they are the kings and queens or, or of yeah. their of their world, and then that allows them to begin to believe that. Yes. So. Yeah. I think uh, I think having the perspective and then having people around you that don't do that. Yeah, it's funny. I was just interviewing uh, Marlon James. I don't know if you're familiar with with his work. Um, he's a, a Jamaican Man Booker Prize winning author, and he was commenting on that. About, I won't mention her name, but about a particular singer and saying that basically she just stopped surrounding herself with anyone who didn't agree with her and that happened you mentioned the kind of uh, king analogy I mean that used to happen with rulers too of course you know if you just have no one who dissents then you are just living in a, in a distorted world so yeah I think that's a really good point <laughs> yeah <laughs> Kurt Vonnegut said to practice art no matter how... Those, oh, what? With that said, where's my coffee? Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, where's my rider? I where's, want my, where's my rider? My three marshmallows. And yeah, my... <laughs> exactly. Pink M&M's. Only there's, pink. Yeah. There's no such thing as a pink M&M, but that's what I want. Yeah. Well, I think... I mean, it's all psychology and background. And, mm -hmm. you know, as you said, it's going to take everybody differently. And mm -hmm. I think having some conscious awareness. But it's an alluring thing. I mean, for suddenly everybody to be fawning on you... And wanting to give you everything and make your life as it. easy as possible. I, I mean, it. it's difficult, isn't it? I get it. You know, I think we have the empathy, you know, as artists to get that that what happens there, those trappings. Yeah. But I mean, I think uh, I think the perspective of Allah will save you. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> no pink M and M's for you, too. <laughs> Kurt Vonnegut said to practice art no matter how well or badly is a way to make your soul grow. Mm. So do it. Do you feel that acting is helping you grow in some ways? Is it, is it contributing mm. to your life in, as a person? Um, is that too well, esoteric? <laughs> no. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess it makes me happy. And yeah. so, happiness. I mean, I'm asking you a lot of deep questions, and you're right. you're still in a very you know sort of um, doing great though. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I mean, happiness is so important. Of course, I think before anything, you should try to be happy with yourself and your performances. And I think 
that acting is a way to keep myself happy. Yeah. Which is important. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I would argue that that may be the goal of life, which, which it right. sounds simplistic, but it really right, it isn't, yeah. I think. To be truly happy, if we are that, right. then everything falls into place. Mm. I mean, I suppose in a way it's a kind of, of love, you know, love of oneself and others. And, exactly. Yeah, it, it frees you to be right. in that place. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Eddie, you were saying you did relate to that quote of, of growing. Uh, Kurt Vonnegut said, practice heart um, no matter how badly or what. Well or badly is a way to make your soul grow, so I mean, do so, it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a curious person, and I think curiosity keeps you young in general. Right. Um, and I, I exercise my curiosity by learning about different people and then maybe. Um, taking it a step further by getting an empathy for them by trying to live their circumstances, which yes. is like the acting of it. Yeah. So my life's journey is absolutely, I think, being enriched um, from a personal perspective um, by, by acting mm. and by practicing the art of empathy and, mm. and, and trying on the different skin. And then, you know, technically, I'm learning about whatever it is that, there is of any human being I can learn my mm. curiosity can take me into the skin of yeah. anybody who's ever lived so yeah. um, it's just endless research yeah. of yeah. of personalities and given yeah. circumstances and you know, doctors scientists whatever you want to research and yeah. and and imagine and put yourself in there in a hut in uh, in the middle of the desert in 1890 whatever you know what I mean you just go there and you dream and 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 that's uh, I don't know that's very exciting to me yeah yeah you're listening to it's a question of balance with me Ruth Copland if you just joined us my special guests from the arts this week are the actors Eddie Gafegi and Taylor Buck who star in the compelling film Princess of the Row which tells the poignant and uplifting tale of a runaway foster child who will stop at nothing to live with the only family she knows her father a homeless mentally ill veteran who lives on the streets of LA Skid Row. My guests Eddie and Taylor play the father and daughter in the film and they're part of a really wonderful cast which also includes the iconic actor Martin Sheen, Jacob Vargas and Anna Ortiz. And just let you know you can follow the film on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter by using the handle at Princess of the Row Movie to keep up with the actors and the filmmakers and stay current with how you might be able to see the film for yourself, which I really recommend it. It's a really great film um, in many different ways. Well, join me for more of our conversation after these messages. We're going to go to a short break now, but I'll be back with uh, Eddie Gafegi and Taylor Buck very soon.
Hi, I'm Casey, and I'm the second-generation owner of Bookshop Santa Cruz. We pride ourselves on being Santa Cruz's community bookstore. We feature an extensive selection of new and used books, children's books and toys, gifts, cards, magazines, and games. Our knowledgeable booksellers can help you find just the right book or gift. We hope you can join us for our author events each week, featuring best-selling authors and books of local interest. And if you can't get downtown, our website has over 3.2 million titles, which ship directly to your home. We even have experts on site to help you publish your own book or family history. Come visit us downtown or at our website, bookshopsantacruz.com. Bookshop Santa Cruz has been an independent bookseller for over half a century in the community we love. Visit Bookshop Santa Cruz downtown. We love our customers and the books that make it all possible. Bookshop Santa Cruz, online and in downtown Santa Cruz. Can you imagine living without stress, anxiety, or fear? And can you imagine a life filled with harmony and inner peace? Is that even possible? The Ananda Yoga and Meditation Center in Scotts Valley offers simple tools to help you become more effective at work and more centered in the face of life's challenges. At Ananda, we offer yoga classes for everybody, inspiring workshops, devotional chanting, and Sunday services based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. Our teachers and therapists are highly trained professionals who work together to inspire a healthier you. And your first Ananda Yoga class is always free. Visit us at anandascottsvalley.org or call 338-YOGA. That's anandascottsvalley.org or 338-YOGA. Welcome back. You're listening to It's a Question of Balance with me, Ruth Copland, and my special guests this week, actors Eddie Gathegi and Taylor Buck, stars of the compelling new film Princess of the Row. Let's hear the final part of my conversation with them now. This film, Princess of the Road, deals with um, you know, some, some very powerful issues, as we've discussed with... Um, homelessness and, and mental health issues. It, it sort of touches a bit on child trafficking. I'm wondering if you think that um, fictional film, as opposed to documentaries, uh, has advantages to presenting issues like that, that, that maybe other forms, uh, you know, like a documentary or the news, don't have. Do you... I disagree with that, because uh... I believe that truth is stranger than fiction. <laughs> if, if we were to actually do what, uh, uh, I mean, our movie is our movie and right? it was constructed the way that it was constructed, but we could have gone a lot further. Yeah. And it, people might not even believe it, but that could be closer to uh, someone else's truth. Right. You know, like there are some crazy things that happen on this planet. Yeah, and, that's true. And, uh, and I think, you know, we're only just now starting to realize the extent of, of how insane life can be or yeah. has been in the past. Yeah. So things being brought to light. Yeah, thinking of it in that way, then, which is I haven't thought about it like that before. Do you, do you think then that in a fictional vehicle, in a bizarre way, perhaps people are more willing to accept something in that way? I think, I think <laughs> which so. seems a bit crazy. I think but, it's going yeah. here. We're going to give you something that's slightly palatable, so you can begin to ruminate on this mm. question. Yeah, uh, and then and then maybe you'll learn. Oh wow, it's uh, much deeper than what they presented, but. Uh, but now my mind is open. 
Yeah. I've taken the blue pill. Right. Yeah. <laughs> do you have an audience in mind for this film? Who, who do you hope will see this film? I think Sean says it best. He goes, anybody with a heart. Right. You know, this is a story that's very universal. It's about love. Yes. And everybody can relate to that. You know, I think yeah. the, 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 the tagline that they gave us is family is worth fighting for. Right. So, yeah. I mean, if, if, I mean, everybody comes from somewhere and you've got some sort of family. It might not be a traditional family, but you've, there's some, you're involved in some kind of family. Yeah. Um, some of them are toxic. We're not going to get into that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but, and maybe that's actually part of the conversation here. It's like, you know, what family is worth fighting for and to, how, to what extent at the, at the uh, sacrifice of your, at yourself. Yeah. These are all bigger questions. But yeah. I think, I think, and I'm probably, I know I'm wrong here. This movie's for everybody. But not everybody's going to see it. Yeah. And, and, you know, you're going to get people who, who don't think that it's, but I think it's a very universal premise. Yeah. Yeah, it's father and daughter. It's about yeah. love. Yeah, yeah. Do you think people your age, Taylor, are going to be interested in this film? Are you hoping people your age will see it? Well, yes. I mean, um, people younger and younger these days are getting into uh, real-life problems more and yeah. more yeah, um, to try and, I guess you could say, help save the planet from yes, yeah. people who are not doing so great. And so... Yeah. I feel like, yeah, I do hope that younger people such as myself um, would go and see this movie and maybe it would give them a little bit more insight on what's happening if they didn't already know because, I mean, I think a lot of people are sort of getting interested in this realm. I think what we discussed earlier there, I think putting a really human face on homelessness is really important because I think... Most people, I mean, it'd be very hard push not to be aware that there's a massive homeless problem. But for a lot of people, that's just about, I don't want to walk along and be panhandled. I don't want to walk along and be thinking some mental crazy person going to attack me. We need these people off the streets. I think, you know, that there's a very big kind of view of it like that. And it's very easy to not, as we've discussed, see those people as as human. So I, I think that... Um, when you have, you know, hot-button issues, it, that's always very important, I think, to have a, a grounding in, 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 in the actual individuals involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. One thing I asked um, Sean and Max was, was it important to them with the art they're creating that it be life-affirming? Is that mm-hmm. something you consider in roles that you take? And obviously, you know, when, when you are an actor, at some points you can't always choose you know you have to work you know and all the rest of it but in in your ideal world is that something you consider or is it more about the character my answer is a little complicated because it's 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 not just about the character sometimes you know when you're taking on a role it can can never just be about the character you got to look at the whole thing like what is is this movie right but i think that there's a yin and a yang Mm. I think that's life. I think life is beautiful and life is hard. Yeah. And I think, uh, and I think art needs to reflect the truth of that. Mm. Uh, even in a movie like this, where you, one could say that this is life affirming, there it goes to dark places. Yeah. Um, so, but me personally, I, I made a pretty good living playing uh, lots of different kinds of characters. Mm-hmm. But I would say that maybe I've played uh, 
more bad guys. Mm. Um, so I like try, I try to balance it out by playing good guys and having right. life affirming <laughs> stories. You know what I mean? Because it's yeah. the yin and the yang. Yes, I believe in the yin and the yang. Yeah. Yeah, I was just speaking to um, Nandita Das, who got the Maverick Spirit Award. Um, she's an Indian director, um, made some amazing films. And she was saying that one of the things she doesn't like to do is, is focus on violence, although some of her films are set in violent times or whatever. The way that she approaches that, um, it's, it's not gratuitous. It's mm-hmm. not making a spectacle of that. It's still extremely affecting. And in fact, I would argue perhaps more so. Um, then it's like it Jaws. splashed. Don't really yeah. see the shark; you just know it's there. Exactly. It's so, so I think it's not about avoiding darkness. Mm-hmm. It's just how you how you approach mm-hmm. that, and and is there any light? I mean, is that what about you, Taylor? Is that something in your ideal parts? You know, are you looking? What are you looking for? Should just open it up a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess a little bit of everything. Um, mm. I haven't done a lot per se um so yeah i mean i would love to try a little bit of everything try and yeah. see which parts i feel um, i mean this me role best. has a, a huge sort of range of depth right. of emotion yeah <laughs> unbelievable range this yeah. character had and that right. she went and an arc. I mean, one thing yeah. actors always want is they want the character to go from somewhere to somewhere. You know, right. yes. usually, you know, so yes. this character definitely has that. Uh, she has some hard things to process. Right, that's true. To find a, a better place, yeah. So maybe that's something to consider. Characters with right, <laughs> interesting yeah. arcs. Yeah. I hope she gets this over and over and over again because it's it's really hard to find a, a, a character that has that that big of an arc. Yeah, and yeah. she did it. And she did it yeah. very, very well. Yeah, you really so, did. So that's, yeah. my hope is that she gets yeah. at bats. She keeps uh, getting opportunities to show show that range that she has. Yeah, yeah. No, it's um, both of you are, are marvelous in it. It's, it's very, very affecting hmm. relationship, and and you know it, it's obviously um, tethers the the whole film, and it, it works really well. So well done. Thank you so <laughs> much. Thank you so much for talking to me. I yeah, really, really it appreciate lovely. it. I love that <laughs> you, you didn't ask me. just the superficial, basic questions. You got deeper with art, and you opened it up. Good. I'm and glad. Like, I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that was fun. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> thank you very much, and I wish you all the best yeah, with the you. film and the, and the premiere tonight. Thank Thanks. you. You're listening to It's a Question of Balance with me, Ruth Copland, and my special guests there, Eddie Gathegi, and Taylor Buck and just to remind you you can follow their film by using the handle at Princess of the Row Movie on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Thanks for joining me and I look forward to being with you again next time.